It's me, the Reverend Jacob Smith, and I want to welcome you to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified to the city of New York and all the world. We are currently in our season of stewardship, and if these podcasts have meant anything to you, we'd encourage you to make a one-time or reoccurring gift to the parish. You can support us by visiting calstg.org backslash give. Thank you for your generosity. Good morning and welcome on this stunning, beautiful fall morning in this little corner of the Lord's Vineyard. Um, So, there is a wonderful preacher and writer named Max Licato. And Max has written about a brother of his named Dee. And Max says that Dee made friends the way bakers make bread, daily, easily, and warmly. Nobody ever stayed a stranger long when Dee was around. But as a teenager, one of these friends turned out to be a guy who sold beer to minors. And over the next 40 years, alcohol took away Dee's health and money and job and family. And finally, at the age of 55, Dee was able to have a brief time of sobriety. And his marriage was rekindled, and he was reconciled to his kids. But alcohol had taken its toll on his body. And one evening, Dee said to his wife, Donna, that he was having trouble breathing. And an ambulance took him to the hospital. And by the time Donna had arrived, Dee had died. And when Donna walked into the room where his body lay, she saw the last words that Dee had. Dee's hand was resting on his thigh, and the two center fingers were folded in, and the thumb was extended, the universal sign language symbol for the words, I love you. So where do you think Dee found the energy as he lay there struggling to breathe, as he lay there knowing that he was taking his absolute final breaths to send that final message of love to his wife. Well, I want to answer that question, but and I'll do that in just a minute. But before I do, I want to look with you at two people who are not sending a message of love. Two people who are addicted, not to alcohol, but to pride. In today's Gospel, James and John say to Jesus, because we've chosen to follow you, We want to have the best seats in heaven. When you get to be president, we want to be members of your cabinet. When you get to be bishop, we want to be the dean of your cathedral. When we get to be, when you get to be the rector of Calvary St. George's, we want to be, I don't know, um, Ben. And what Jesus knows is that following him is not necessarily to gain any earthly status. What Jesus knows is that joining up with him is not to be guaranteed lower medical bills. What Jesus knows is that becoming his friend 
is not the therapeutic key to being able to say, I feel good about myself. And that's why Jesus turns to James and John, and he says some words that my New Testament professor in seminary said was the most important sentence in the entire Bible. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. With that one statement, Jesus completely turns inside out and upside down the world's system of what's important. And Jesus does this because he knows how fragile you and I are underneath it all. He knows that all of the human resources we have to deal with our fragility are finally not enough. He knows that all it takes is one twinge of pain, one passing virus, one critical remark, and our fragile selves can crack. I got a friend who says to me, hey, I'm a New Yorker, nothing bothers me. And it's not true. My friend has a soft heart and it bruises just like all of ours. That's why Jesus responds to how fragile we are, not with status, but by offering us his love right smack dab in the middle of our fragility. He responds to our fragility by offering himself as a ransom. And that simply means that he comes to us with unqualified forgiveness and with 125% companionship right in the midst of our fragility one for us on the cross. He responds to our fragility by saying, I am here in every conceivable circumstance. Think about waking up in the ICU and hearing your beloved say to you, I am here. Think about losing all your money in the stock market and hearing your family say to you, we're here. Think about the little leaguer coming up the bat for the first time and striking out and hearing his mom and dad in the stands say, we're here. That's why whenever Jesus shows up in the Bible, the very first thing he says almost every single time is, I'm here. Don't be afraid. I'm here. Take courage. I'm here. And that's the voice that Max Licato's brother D heard. The good news is that as D was taking his literal final breath, Jesus Christ was right there saying, D, I am here. That's what enabled D to send that message of love to his wife. Now, Hang on to this incredible news of Jesus saying, I'm here. Hang on to it for just a minute, because we're going to circle back to it in about 60 seconds. Well, maybe 120. But I also want to say that this is the first sermon in a series of sermons this fall on our stewardship efforts. And the theme for these efforts is the phrase, 
Now is the time. Now is the time at Calvary St. George's in all sorts of ways. And you may remember that this phrase was also a theme in Dr. King's speech on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial in 1963. Dr. King said, we have come to this hallowed spot to remind America of the fierce urgency of now. Now is the time to lift our nation from the quicksand of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood. Well, we may take Dr. King's urgency and make it our urgency as well this fall. Now is the time. With all of the intractable divisions in Washington and in every element of our society growing deeper and deeper, now is the time for you and me at Calvary St. George's to proclaim that Jesus Christ has broken down the dividing wall of hostility and that he is our peace and that we who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Now is the time at Calvary St. George's with all of the disparities between rich and poor, black and white, male and female, growing wider and wider, now is the time to proclaim the good news that all are one in Christ Jesus. Now is the time here at Calvary St. George's this fall. As of 8 a.m. this morning, 4,912,199 people worldwide have died of COVID-19. And that is 5,000 more than when I checked at 8 p.m. last night. So now is the time, right here, to proclaim the Easter hope that Jesus Christ is risen and that death is not the last word. Now is the time. In the midst of the fragility of all the everyday struggles that you and I have brought here with us into church this morning, struggles of fear and loneliness and guilt and worry, and anxiety, and despair. Now is the time to proclaim that Jesus Christ is saying to you and to me this morning, I am here. Don't be afraid. I am here. Take heart. I am here. So let me conclude with a little picture of the power of Jesus saying to you and me this morning, I am here. The Reverend John Zoll is the rector of St. Matthew's Church in Bedford, just a little bit north of the city. And this past year, a couple named Seth and Amanda came to John because they wanted to get married. And John noticed right away how bubbly they were. And in fact, they seemed so compatible that John actually got a little worried. In his own words, he said, their pie-in-the-sky language made me worry that Seth and Amanda were cruising for a bruising when it comes to the trenches of being married to another human being. So, John asked them how they met. Amanda said that they had met online and arranged to go on a date, which went pretty well. Not great, 
but enough to warrant a second date. So the second date also went well. Again, no lightning bolts, but enough to warrant a third. And on the way to the third date, Seth had a seizure and drove his car into a telephone pole. And he was hospitalized in a coma, and the doctor said he would be in that hospital bed six months minimum. So Amanda found herself in a really hard position. She likes this guy, but they've had two dates, and he's going to be in bed for six months. So her family said to her, you are under no obligation. No one will think less of you if you cut ties. And maybe you can check with him uh, in, in eight or ten months. One month later, when Seth opened his eyes for the first time, the first person he saw was Amanda sitting beside his bed. And she smiled at Seth. And she simply said, hey, I'm here. And in that instant, he knew that Amanda was the woman he was going to marry. So for Max's brother, D, and for Seth and Amanda, and for James and John, and for you, and for me this morning, there will never be a moment when we may not hear the risen Jesus Christ saying to us, I am here. And there will never be a moment when you and I are not able to say to Jesus, I knew you'd come. Amen. Once again, thanks for tuning in to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast. If these podcasts have meant anything to you, we'd encourage you to make a one-time or recurring gift to the parish. Head over to calsaintg.org backslash give to make a donation. Thank you for your generosity and support.